0: Chapter 1, Part 1 of The Making of a Nation. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Making of a Nation The Beginnings of Israel's History by Charles Foster Kent. Chapter 1, Part 1 Study 1 Man's Place in the World. The Story of Creation, Genesis 1 and 2. Parallel Readings kent historical bible volume one pages one through seven two thirty one to two thirty three articles evolution and cosmogony in encyclopedia britannica or international encyclopedia or any standard encyclopedia god created man in his own image in the image of god created he him male and female created he them and god blessed them and god said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it AND HAVE DOMINION OVER THE FISH OF THE SEA, AND OVER THE BIRDS OF THE HEAVENS, AND OVER EVERY LIVING THING THAT MOVETH UPON THE EARTH. GENESIS 1, 27-28 WHEN I CONSIDER THY HEAVENS, THE WORK OF THY FINGERS, THE MOON AND THE STARS WHICH THOU HAST ORDAINED, WHAT IS MAN THAT THOU ART MINDFUL OF HIM, AND THE SON OF MAN THAT THOU VISITEST HIM? FOR THOU HAST MADE HIM BUT LITTLE LOWER THAN GOD, AND CROWNEST HIM WITH GLORY AND HONOR. Thou makest him to have dominion over the works of thine hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Psalm 8, 3-6 God clothed men with strength like his own, and made them according to his own image. He put the fear of them upon all flesh, that they should have dominion over beasts and birds, mouth and tongue, eyes and ears, and a mind with which to think he gave them. With insight and wisdom he filled their minds. Good and evil he taught them. Ben Sirah, seventeen three 3-7, Historical Bible. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that hath been made. John 1, 3. 1. Different Theories of Creation Every early people naturally asked the questions, How were things made? How were men created? First of all, who made the world? They necessarily answered them according to their own dawning knowledge. The most primitive races believed that some great animal created the earth and man. In the Alaskan collection in the Museum of the University of Pennsylvania, there is a huge crow sitting upon the mask of a man's face. This symbolizes the crude belief of the Alaskan Indians regarding the way man was created. The early Egyptians thought that the earth and man were hatched out of an egg. In one part of Egypt it was held that the artisan god Ta broke the egg with his hammer. In another part of the land, and probably at a later date, the tradition was current that Thoth, the moon god, spoke the world into existence. The earliest Babylonian record states that The god Marduk laid a reed on the face of the waters. He formed dust and poured it out beside the reed. That he might cause the gods to dwell in the dwellings of their heart's desire, he formed mankind. Later he formed the grass and the rush of the marsh and the forest. Then he created the animals and their young. The Parsi teachers held that the rival gods, Araman and Ormuzd, evolved themselves out of the primordial matter and then through the long ages created their attendant hierarchies of angels. The philosophers of India anticipated in some respects our modern evolutionary theory. Brahma is thought of as self-existent and eternal. He gradually condenses himself into material objects such as ether, fire, water, earth and the elements. Last of all, he manifests himself in man. The Greek philosophers were the first to attempt to describe creation as a purely physical, generative process. They taught the evolution of the more complex from the simpler forms. Plato and Aristotle believed in a transcendental deity and found in the world indications of a vital impulse toward a higher manifestation of life, man. Michelangelo, with wonderful dramatic power, in his painting in the Sistine Chapel in Rome, has portrayed how lifeless clay in form of man, when touched by the finger of God, by sheer vitalizing power, is transformed into a living soul. Very different yet equally impressive is the modern scientific view. The origin of matter and of life is so absolutely unknown that scientists have not as yet formulated definitive theories concerning it. Even the theories regarding the origin of the solar system are still conflicting and none is generally accepted. The old nebular hypothesis is discredited, and the theory of the spiral movement of the solar matter seems to be confirmed by phenomena observable in the heavens. The one principle generally held by scientists is that, given matter and life and some creating force, our present marvelous complex universe has come into being according to laws usually called natural. These laws are so invariable that they may be considered unchanging even more definitely established is the so-called theory of evolution, which is based on the careful observation and comparison of countless thousands of natural phenomena. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, it is the history of the physical process by which all living beings have acquired the characteristics, physical, mental, moral, and spiritual, which now distinguish them. It recognizes the gradual development from the simplest to the most complex forms. It is merely an attempt to describe, in the light of careful observation and investigation, the process of growth by which the world and the beings which inhabit it have grown into what they are. A comparison of the Hebrew account of creation with those of other races and times is extremely suggestive. 2. The Priestly Story of Creation Note that the first and second chapters of Genesis contain two distinct accounts of creation. Read Genesis one, 1 to 2.3. See Historical Bible, Volume 1, pages 231 to 3, for Modern Translation, noting its picture of conditions in the universe before the actual work of creation began. The creative power is the spirit or breath of God. The Hebrew word for spirit, ruah, represents the sound of the breath as it emerges from the mouth or the sound of the wind as it sighs through the trees. It is the effective symbol of a real and mighty force that cannot be seen or touched yet produces terrific effects, as when the cyclone rends the forest, or transforms the sea into a mountain of billows, and twists like straws the masts of wood and steel. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God, or the Spirit of the Holy One, is God working, one, in the material universe, as in the work of creation, two, in human history, as when he directs the life of nations, or three, in the lives of men. Note the method of creation and the distinctive work of each day. The process is that of separation. It is orderly and progressive. The first three days of preparation, in which one light and darkness, two air and water separated by the firmament, and three land and vegetation are created, correspond to the work of the second three days, in which are created one the heavenly bodies, two the birds and fishes, which live in the air and water, and three land animals and men. The underlying conception of the universe is that held by most early peoples. Compare the diagram in Hastings' Dictionary of the Bible, Volume 1, 503, or Kent's Students' Old Testament, Volume 1, page 52, which illustrates it. God's benign plan is revealed by the recurring words, God saw that it was good. What was the culminating act of creation? Created man in his image cannot mean with a body like that of God for in this story God is thought of as a spirit, but rather with a godlike spirit, mind, will, and power to rule. 3. The Early Prophetic Story of Creation The opening words of the second account of creation, which begins in the fourth verse of the second chapter of Genesis, imply that the earth and the heavens have already been created. Quote, In the day that Jehovah made earth and heaven, no plant of the field was yet on the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for Jehovah had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the ground, but a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. It is possible that here only a part of the original story is preserved. What is the order of the story of creation found in this second chapter, the method of man's creation? According to this account, the tree of life was planted in the garden that man, while he lived there, might enjoy immortality. Was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil placed in the garden to develop man's moral nature by temptation, or merely to inculcate obedience? The love between the sexes is apparently implanted in all living things, primarily for the conservation of the species, but the early prophet also recognized clearly the broader intellectual and moral aspects of the relation. Quote, it is not good for man to be alone, end quote, were the significant words of Jehovah. Hence animals, birds, and, last of all, woman were created to meet man's innate social needs. Man's words on seeing woman were, This now is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for from man she was taken. What fundamental explanation is here given of the institution of marriage? Compare Jesus' confirmation of this teaching in Matthew 19, 4 through 5. And he answered and said, Have ye not read, That he who made them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? End of chapter 1, part 1